Uh, there you go. Apologies. I'm standing here thinking that my voice is sounding okay. But it wasn't. Those on the tape, we're at chapter 9. <laughs> no. We're at chapter 9 in uh, Nehemiah. Okay, so I'm going to summarize it so you'll just see me as I go through it, um, highlighting some key texts uh, as we read. Uh, in chapter 9, then, it's about them gathering together as a festival in the beginning of the month and towards the end of the month. Uh, they've had this wonderful time at the beginning of the month, but now gathering together again is a, a serious affair. It's quite somber as they fast and they wear sackcloth. Uh, and retell their story and commit themselves to God. Uh, and we read in the beginning, it says, the people of Israel were assembled with fasting and sackcloth and with earth on their heads. Uh, and this time, wearing the sackcloth is uh, an important part of not uh, repenting and saying sorry to God as well. So not just fasting, and getting close to God in that way, but also repenting and saying sorry to God. Uh, they've separated themselves, they've stood confessing their sins and iniquities, they stand up and they read from the book of the law of the Lord. So the scene is that they've set themselves, gathered together, ready to confess, remember and worship God. And I imagine it's probably quite a slightly strange scene, as they're all wearing and sackcloth and earth on their heads. And uh, I, don't, I, thought, I thought I had a picture of it, but I haven't. Um, but it's quite a strange scene, isn't it? They're sitting there, probably quite sombre uh, and serious about their gathering this time, rather than it being a celebration and party. So they're telling their story. The, the, the priests uh, tell the story of Israel from Genesis up to now. Uh, and they summarise it in this chapter. Uh, and it says here... Um, it starts with God being the creator God, creating the world. Uh, and a great line, it says, you give life to everything. God then calls Abraham and gives him the land. But after God's people uh, are in slavery in Egypt, God hears their cry and rescues them. It says God gave them the law at Mount Sinai. And that one of the lines that sticks out to me in this passage uh, is what it says about the law. That the law is just and right and decrees and commands that are good. However, as the people rebel uh, and they go away from God, the text says, but you are a forgiving and gracious and compassionate God. After sustaining them and providing food for them, God leads them into the promised land and they take the land. God gives them good things and the people revealed in your great goodness but what happened they rebelled and turned their backs on your law they cried out to God and he rescued them uh, and this is probably referring to the time of judges uh, and this pattern continues of rebelling and calling out to God and then another reminder in the text about the character of God in your compassion you delivered them time after time the people continued to turn their backs on God and his law despite the kings that came and despite many warnings by the prophets, the people are given over to neighbouring peoples and exiled. 
And what I mean by that is they're taken away from their land, from their country that God had given them. And this chapter closes with the the fact that they have now returned to their land and the theme is such that God is still good. But at the very end it says, but see, we are slaves today in the land you gave our ancestors. Because of our sins, its abundant harvest goes to the kings you have placed over us. We are in great distress. The people are in distress. Hence the beginning where they're fasting and, and in sackcloth and, and earth on their heads. Sorry, I need to blow my nose. Is Israel's story. It's been summarised in this chapter. And it's telling God's story. God's story for the nation, reminding them of what's happened to them um, in their past and in their history. And it's really important for them to hear that. It's really important for them to know and remember how God has helped them through their history and through their past. Uh, To know where they've gone wrong and where they've not followed God's, followed God's law. So ultimately, as they hear this story, they will learn from hearing their story. They will learn that it's important to follow God. So stories, hearing Israel, Israel's story, is an important part, isn't it, of um, communicating something, communicating uh, a value or communicating information uh, or co- communicating a key message. And uh, on a deeper level, stories are very personal, aren't they? Um, our own story is really, really important. Looking back, we were talking about giving thanks to God for what God has done uh, in our lives so our stories are really important. They're really important to us. They're also really important to God. Um, Nick's story is really important. Um, Vicky, your story is really important. And Graham, your story is really important. And so uh, I want to get across the point here that stories and our own life story is really important. And actually, for some of us, as we look back on our lives, we can also remember where God, in our own personal story, has intervened and done something miraculous. Or done something really ordinary, but it really woke us up and realised that we needed to follow God. And what we see in this, we see uh, an overview of the Bible story or the history of Israel up to that point. But what we see in the Bible is obviously God's story. The whole of the Bible is God's story. And what we see there, as we see into the New Testament, is Jesus Christ that came into this world to live amongst the people of this world. To die on the cross, to defeat death and rise again uh, and live again. Um, That's God's story, but by Jesus Christ doing those things, it becomes our story. 
that our story can get caught up into God's story. Um, and that's a really amazing thing, <laughs> uh, that our story isn't just irrelevant, but our story is important to God, but it also gets caught up into God's story. God's story of sending his son, Jesus Christ, into the world for us means that we get caught up into God's story and we can be part of God's kingdom. And my first point really from this chapter, chapter 9, is to summarise that God's story is really important. We need to keep telling God's story. We need to keep telling others about God's story. But also our story is important as well. And so therefore, we need to tell God's story, but also our story. Uh, And as we um, go around in our lives, in our world, um, certainly in the Western world, um, our experience of God and what God has done for us in our own personal story will speak to people because our world is hungry to hear about experience and know about experience. And so we can share our story as well as sharing God's story of what we read in the Bible. It will have an impact. Uh, and then just lastly on my first point about telling God's story. This week I was in uh, Lady Grove Park School for prayer spaces. Uh, and on the morning that I was in uh, prayer spaces, uh, I re- read my uh, Bible readings for the day. And it was Psalm 78 which is basically all about telling people God's story and telling the next generation God's story. Uh, It says here in um, verse 4, We will not hide them from their children, but tell to the coming generation the glorious deeds of the Lord and his might and the wonders he has done. So it was a wonderful uh, opportunity to just go into Lady Grove Park School and tell young children about the wonderful God that we know uh, and serve and love and can communicate to through prayer. Okay, so my first point is that God's story is important, but also our story is important, and we must look to share both. Okay. Just before we go into the next uh, section of commitment, commitment to God, uh, and what the Israelites then did as a result of that, I'm going to take this slide off, I can see we're looking at it, (laughs) Um, is that just digging a bit deeper uh, around the text of Nehemiah, those of you might be interested in this, you might not be, Um, but it's quite important if you read around the Bible, the literary examples within the Bible, of looking at the text and thinking about it from a literary perspective. What, uh, is the re- uh, what is the context of the time? What's the writer doing? What type of literature is he writing or she is writing? Um, what are some of the similarities with the other texts? Uh, and I'm just sort of trying to explore more of this world as I learn about how to do that properly. Uh, but I want to say a point that is, chapters 8, 9 and 10 in the book of Nehemiah, are really important uh, for the whole book. It's not just about telling the story of rebuilding the walls around Jerusalem, but these sections about telling people about the law, about God's story, and then what they did as as a result, seems to be quite an important part of the book. 
Um, so that's just a little an aside. If you want to know more, go read about that, go think about that, and look into that. But it's quite interesting, uh, at these three chapters of 8, 9, and 10. Okay, so my second point this morning is about practical commitment to God. As we look at chapter 10, you go back to your Bibles, uh, we can look at chapter 10. Um, and this uh, is about them as a people group, listing all the people who have uh, gathered together, those sealed this agreement to God, by, led by Nehemiah, the governor, then the priests, the Levites, uh, the leaders, and then everyone who understands promises by oath to follow the law of God given through Moses. I, I don't know loads, but I imagine that's anyone who's really understanding what an oath is. So I don't know whether that's a teenager, upwards, but basically a lot of people, therefore understanding and committing themselves to God. Uh, I quite like the structure of this chapter, uh, and it's quite practical in what it says. But instead of reading it all again, I just thought I'd summarise it. And this table is fairly clear. You can maybe see it, um, but I'll just read that to you. It says, uh, the summary then, uh, after reading out the people, it says, uh, the summaries of the law that they commit themselves to is to not to give sons or daughters away in marriage to non-Jewish people. Um, I've just said a bit about the literary perspective, and that is an important part of coming back into the land. They see that looking back, people have married other people, and therefore uh, they think that's a bad thing. Uh, it leads people astray. Uh, they say to keep the Sabbath holy and cancel debts every seven years, uh, to give money for the worship and service of the house of God. There's priestly responsibilities in worship, uh, and then there's also the importance of bringing the, f- the first fruits of the crops, uh, and also bringing the firstborn sons, cattle, and sheep. Uh, and then offerings from other crops like wine and olive oil. And then also talking about the tithe offering to the priests, enabling the priests to continue the worship at the temple. So this is really practical instructions about what they're to do. And why? Why is, that in that, why is it only these ones and not other ones? Well, the question and answer to why is in verse 39. It says, we will not neglect the house of our God. So they really wanted to focus on the worship, the worship at the temple, uh, and worship for them as a community and people. And these were the practical things uh, that they needed to do to make that happen. Um, And so thinking about this chapter, chapter 10, uh, there's lots in it. Uh, I wondered how I could come up with an example that might reflect uh, what's going on or a modern day example of what they're actually doing in hearing these laws and then committing themselves and signing an agreement. So the example that I settled on uh, was this. I don't know if you can see that, but uh, myself and Fran... On our wedding day. <laughs> um, that day, I committed my life. I'll move back over here. That day, I committed my life to Francesca. 
Uh, and that day, Francesca committed her life uh, to me as well. We did it uh, in the presence of a priest. There is the priest, Reverend Peter Harwood, conducting our marriage service. Uh, and we did that in presence of the people as well, of others, like the Israelites. Uh, we said vows that we commit to follow the rest of follow uh, sorry certain things in the rest of our lives. Um, and we did that. Uh, we committed to do that in the presence of God, just like the Israelites did. Now I know uh, also that we signed a practical thing like a marriage certificate, which uh, I forgot after the service. Someone said to me, you might be needing this. <laughs> oh yeah, thank you. Uh, that's a practical thing. Uh, we obviously gave each other rings as a sign of our marriage. Uh, but I know also for some of you, I've, I've used this picture uh, because I felt it was one that worked for thinking about today. And I know that for some of you, marriage is difficult, uh, but also uh, there are difficulties around that. But this is what Francesca and I promised to do. We promised to commit our lives to each other, living out these vows, knowing that in reality there would be difficult times but also there would be joyful times together. And at the beginning, I told a story about my own story, my own personal journey, when I committed myself to follow God in light of looking back and looking at what I'd done. And in that time, I said some vows as well as I got baptised. Um, and I committed to following God and living out his ways by reading and learning from the Bible. And God himself has given us, if we think about the relationship term, we think about God and relationship with God, God has given us Jesus Christ, sent to earth to bring about a new way, a new covenant through his death and resurrection. And that new covenant means that we can have a relationship with God. So looking back at this chapter, um, chapter 10, it's about the people um, coming together, committing themselves to follow God's ways, to follow God's law and to learning from the past and what's gone on. And in line, I've just given a few summaries and maybe some practical applications uh, for, for us to think about. But also there might be some other things that maybe God is speaking to you about. Uh, and a few of those might be, uh, we might need to uh, rest as God has shown us. And to learn from God in resting. We might need to think carefully about who we choose to marry. That we should give money to the church. Uh, as it says in that last point about tithing that the church receives some of their earnings from their regular uh, earnings and a tithe being the recommendation there. And obviously it doesn't have to be in a, a tithe for our context, but giving money to enable the church to function in its worship and its service, not just worship on a Sunday, but in its service to the community as well. 
And if we uh, have children, uh, also maybe committing to tell them about God and bringing them up to know about God. And there are loads of things I could probably say more of, but I didn't want to uh, give you too many instructions just to allow God to speak to you uh, and for you to then apply that. And I say these things also to myself. Um, So if we want to uh, have a relationship with God, which is what we are free to do through his son, Jesus Christ, uh, it means that we need to commit ourselves to following God. Not just, uh, yes, there is grace and love in knowing God, but we do need to commit ourselves um, to follow God and to do what he wants us to do. Not just... um, Not just nice things, but actually practical choices and making good choices in our lives that will be good for a relationship. Um, So Lizzie, um, if you could come up please. Uh, To conclude, uh, I'm just going to summarise what I've just been saying. And then Lizzie, if you could play, I was going to get you to play a track, but I'm thinking of changing that to um, what we've just played this morning, which was... um, Thank you for the cross one. Yeah, yeah. Um, So to summarise then, in summary, chapter 9 of Nehemiah, people have gathered together in a ceremony to hear God's story as told in the Bible. And it's a story that needs to be continually told. Our story is important as well. And we must learn to share both, both God's story and our story, because that will impact others Uh, In chapter 10, we've been learning about the Israelites committing themselves to this relationship with God, to learn how to be in community and how that they can support and enable the worship uh, of the community to continue. Um, So just for this last few minutes, we're going to, Lizzie's just going to play a song. Uh, Lizzie, you can start playing some chords if you'd like. Uh, And then... It's over to you to just reflect on what you might want to apply uh, from this talk. Maybe you want to send yourself, pick out your phone, maybe send an email to yourself or send yourself uh, or a text or a note that reminds you of what you have committed to do uh, from this talk, from listening to God's word. What, you, what do you want to practically apply um, from this chapter so uh, and then just join in Lizzie and Annette will start singing at some point and um, you can just join in whenever you feel ready to join in
we're just going to finish the formal part of the service there but um, maybe Lizzie is able to just play on for another couple of minutes and so if you'd just like to maintain that attitude of just uh, quietly asking God to point out something that you can practically do um, in response to the message this morning then um, we'll try and keep the front just a little bit quieter we'll stay where you are in your seats Um, but do join us for tea and coffee at the back next week we're not meeting here next week uh, Love Didcot are going to the beach on Saturday, Family Connect are going to Bedfordshire for the weekend and CAP um, Missional Community are uh, having a barbecue on Sunday afternoon. So if there's something that you'd like to get involved with and you, you want to know who to talk to, then come and speak to me afterwards. So we won't be here next week, but we'll be back here the week after. Have a great week.